There was an idea. Dormammu, I come to bargain. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Asking Robbins always finds out. Hire for the faster way. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and I am joined by my two compatriots, the Peach Man, Peacher, Peachiston himself, Peaches. Peachiston. Peach, Peachiston. Patriot, compatriot Peachiston. C- compatriot is my Peachiston. father. Yes. Please just call me Piston. And we've got uh, the the OG original Mario Sound Lord here. Chris, what's up? Hello. <laughs> hey, it's Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. Luigi, Mario. <coughs> I don't know. That's like an old callback to when I called Danny Luigi Sandler. Yeah. yeah. Also, it made me think of the Super Mario World. We did that. Um, actually, that's about where I fell off. I fell off of that Cappuccino app. Uh, I, I noticed. Well, it's, it wasn't it wasn't like fuck you guys. It was like I got really busy and then I missed a few and then I was like, well, I already missed a few, so yeah. I can never go back now. I've been a lot less uh, I've been a lot less into it because I was really sick. Yeah, and so I didn't do it for a little while, and then it's really hard once you've stopped. Yeah, yeah. but Yester- yesterday the only answer. bean was from Danny. Today the only bean was from me. Mm. Nobody is touching the question that we were given today, which is what's the weirdest movie that was on in the background when you and I quote this got freaky. Uh, good Damn. burger. Good burger. Good burger. Damn, I would have home of the good burger. Can I take your order? <laughs> A movie all about special sauce. Uh, <laughs> show you my Mondo burger. Um, what? That's the competitor. Yeah, the, the competitor. Mondo bigger. burger. Yeah. I'm aware of what a Mondo burger is. Uh, okay. I don't think Mondo burger. I'm a dude. Fits. <laughs> He's a dude. Did anyone She's ever read? The uh, the book only sequel to Good Burger, Good Burger to Go. No, I'm which sorry, was what? based yeah. off of, I believe it was a it was an unproduced screenplay. Hey, I have a recommendation for a Good Burger for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so they were, they were planning a sequel, which never got made, but they still released the novelization of what I think was the proposed idea of the sequel, which involved Ed traveling around the world. To give this guy change because the guy left without getting his change. Oh That's my incredible. gosh! That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, that and sounds like the beginning of a Mr. Bean movie. Pretty much. Isn't Ed kind of Mr. Bean? Who can talk? Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> I love to talk. I know some of those words. I'm talking this damn thing that you ever saw. You ever think about how Mr. Bean is Zazu from no. the original Lion King? Did you, did you guys see that. his? Uh, his he had a quote recently about like cancel culture and how it's gone too far and blah 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 you know one of those every old british oh, no. comedian says you know, that at some point you know you know that where the comedians are like people don't find me funny anymore they must be the problem yeah uh he had one of those and it's like who's canceling mr bean who who's out here being like mr bean has gone too far look people know. getting turkeys stuck on their head is a very serious issue and the fact that he makes light of it i'm glad we're finally talking about that's it true. Yeah, cancel. that's true hashtag cancel did you see what bean. he did to whistler's mother Encourageable. Oh my! <laughs> I meant the painting, uh, but that's fine. Uh, but let's get to the episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be talking all about Miss Marvel episode three, 
Destined, and it's directed by Mira Menon. All right. Uh, we're going to be using the synopsis once again for Marvel.com. Thank you to the glorious Rachel Page for writing this one. Rachel, we love you. She once doesn't know how, how big of a fan club she has here in, in Central Florida. She really does. All of us. Flashback time. We're in British-occupied India searching for something in a slowly collapsing cave. But what? Oh, I want to interrupt you right away. Did you guys feel like the title music for this episode was way hyper than it needed to be for what immediately followed the title sequence because the music was really intense and i was expecting us to jump right into action it was like moon knight-esque actually. yeah it really reminded me of moon knight for some reason i liked it a lot yeah but it was like okay i'm getting hype let's go what's gonna happen and then they're talking in the in the cave yeah not like it wasn't it was kind of an action scene because they were hiding in the cave under attack but it was just talking so I was like bummed that it had the coolest intro music of the show so far. And then it was, I don't know, maybe a nitpick. But what? Eventually, it's discovered by the same woman Kamala has been seeing in her visions. I don't know what the butt what was for. Uh, Najima. And it's the bangle. It also happens to be on a severed blue arm. So hopefully that's not a bad sign. Aisha, Kamala Khan's great-grandmother, enters the cave, which also happens to have the symbol of the Ten Rings carved into the floor, and asks to see the bangle as they all crowd around the artifact. Unfortunately, the British soldiers are quickly closing in on them, and the group realizes they've got to get out of here. The man from the temple said that they would need two bangles, and right now they've only got one, and Aisha decides that one's going to have to do it. As everyone else is escaping, she puts it on and feels something powerful through her, uh, travel through her. Did you see that? She asked Najma, but Najma didn't. With a solemn hug goodbye, the two women decide to separate to avoid the soldiers, and that was the last time Najma saw Isha and the Bengal. So let's uh, talk about that real quick, just real briefly. Blue Arm, Cree, right? Has to be. Yeah. Um, which I think is um, kind of a smart change, if that is what they're doing, because it actually ties Miss Marvel to Captain Marvel a lot more closely than just... She's a fan. I don't... Uh, I mean, maybe. Oh, do you think it's a Navi? I said maybe. Um, well... Sivako. When I... Uh, am I... Ins- I don't know if I'm insensitive saying this. Because I don't understand the myth- the mythology. Uh, like, they, they talk about being djinn <coughs> later. Could it have not just been a djinn? Like, they are part human, part djinn. Oh, because you've seen was... Aladdin, you think all genies are blue. Yes, that is what I'm saying. What if that is a full gin, not a half gin, half yeah. human? Yeah, but they are all full gins. Yeah, I thought they were half and half. No, no, the only ones that are half and half are Kamala and um, what's his name, the the guy, oh, Kamran. Kamran. Well, maybe those and, are the only half. And presumably Kamala's mother. Well, and they yeah. talk about Kamran. It's not a maybe. They talk about Kamran being half human in this episode. Oh, they did. Mm. They do because they okay. talk about how the the Bengal unlocks your power and like. How it doesn't do it for them, but because they're half human, it works, and it might work for Comrade as well. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's turning red. It's uh, you know, the magical power passed down through the uh, matriarchal line because her her grandmother is the daughter of a jinn, her mother is the granddaughter of a jinn, etc. Gotcha. Okay, so it probably is Cree. Yeah, I mean that's that's the guess. If we're yeah. gonna use all of the the information that we have of specifically the MCU. It would make sense if it was a Cree. Now the question yeah. is: Is the bangle 
itself a Kree artifact? Is it something else? Uh, what does the Ten Rings have to do with it? Is this just an, uh, another artifact that the Ten Rings has found? Boom. No, I think it's a second. I think it's the Ten Rings are tied to the Bangle because they have the same ancestry. You think it's the 11th ring? Well, no, but I think they come from where, you know, at the end of Shang-Chi where yeah. they're like, oh, this is from like some distant off place in space. Yeah. I think the Bangle is also from some distant off okay. place in space. You think they may have the same. I think I think it's very plausible that they might have the same origin. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This, for anyone um, that did not like how isolated Moon Knight is, was, this show has got to be like a breath of fresh air for them because it's like, I hope you've been paying attention to everything. Well, it has to be for a Miss Marvel show, right? Uh, yeah, Marvel, it absolutely makes sense. Miss Marvel needs to be the most connected show of yeah, all of the shows. Because when when your central character is a fangirl, it makes sense that, you know, there'd be a lot of little things to draw from. And I, and I think it's really kind of cool how they are tying some of these origins in with other things that we've seen before. I agree. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I'm, I'm curious what a second bangle does. And uh, we can maybe wait for this to the end, but do you think the grandmother, Sana, has the other bangle? Kisas. Uh, I think she might, because how else did she see the trait? That's That yeah. was my thinking. And I am still on my theory. I don't think it, I don't know if it'll be her comic book powers, but I am still on the, eventually Kamala loses the bangle, and she learns how to use her powers on her own type yeah. Oh, yeah. train. For sure. Yeah, that's that's where I'm leaning as well. I think that is a for sure, because then we will get the embiggening without the hard light. Well, and that's the thing is, I don't I'm know selfish, if they will, that's what I, want. I don't know if they will end up doing that, <laughs> but I, I do think they will have her use powers without the bangle. I don't know if it'll just be embiggening. Um, it'll be interesting because I, I feel like they they have to give Kamran one of the bangles at some point to see what he can do. Uh, so I think we'll find that out as well. Um, I'm surprised he is as nice of a guy as he is so far, and I don't trust him. <laughs> I okay. <laughs> Weren't you gonna spoil the comic anyway? I was gonna ask. Okay, here's the thing: is I can just say. Hey, listeners, I'm about to say some spoilery things, so if you don't want to hear this, you can go away for five minutes. But I can't say that to you guys. You're not going to leave the room. So if you don't want me to do any comic book spoilery no, things, can, I then think I you're won't. You're thinking, yeah. Okay. Cause, because they've already shown that they're willing to change quite yes. a bit as well. So. so some things that are changed about, okay, you know what? I'm going to wait till, let's wait till later. Okay. I will do it, but let's wait till later. And I'll also because I have a feeling spoiler. we're probably about to talk about something that will. I'm tired right now. It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, can you just wait till tomorrow, maybe? Present day, uh, Najima explains her journey to a stunned Kamala. As Najima tells it, they're all from another dimension, including Aisha. Yeah, of course, Kamala whispers to herself. The story Najima tells is that they were exiled from their dimension, not by choice. And are just trying to get back home. I suppose those voluntary exiles. <laughs> Kamala's next question is very important because how old are they? Don't worry. While everyone else might be decades old, Kamran is in fact only seventeen. That makes He's it only legal. Seventeen. <laughs> and Kamala breathes a sigh of relief. In another room, Kamala thanks Najima for saving her from the Department of Damage Control. Najima explains that they didn't even realize Aisha had any family until Kamala put on the bangle, and they sensed the Noor. In this dimension, they can't unlock their full powers, but somehow, Kamala can with the help of the bracelet. 
After some back and forth, Kamala realizes that Najima wants the bangle. It was Aisha's wish for them to be home again, and Najima wants to use it to do just that. Do you get Spider-Man vibes from this? When she, at one point, Kamala says something along the lines of like, this bangle seems way too dangerous for me to have. I should just give it to you. I, and because we already made the Spider-Man comparison of like the drones that Mysterio Oh yeah, with Edith. With Edith. That's what it feels like to me is, is Spider-Man deciding I don't, I'm not responsible enough for these glasses. Um, like, uh, you maybe you should have them, Mysterio. Like that's kind of the vibe that I thought was going to happen. Was she was going to be like, I shouldn't have this bangle, you have it. And to me, it was clear that these guys are the bad guys. I, I know we had some discussion about that in the Patreon exclusive Discord. Um, <laughs> do you like how I pause every time I I say that? Like it's a like a trademark thing. <laughs> Uh, it's like you're waiting for a little musical it's very mysterious and you should join it to find out all the mystery we were talking about how some of us thought that those people were good and some of us were like no they're definitely bad right away and because i was in the latter group i you know i thought that's what was going to happen was hand over the bracelet haha i have it now evil gin stuff yeah well i don't know what evil gin stuff is or does it's just whatever it is yeah Y'all didn't get that vibe. Evil Jin stuff. You mean from this episode? No, the the similarity to the Spider Man. Oh, you know, so. I I hadn't thought of it that directly, but but it makes a lot of sense. Okay. You know, I I I guess like the trope of person is given some manner of great power and then is afraid of using it and wants to hand it off to someone else because they're afraid of the responsibility. I didn't make the direct connection to Spider-Man, but yeah, very much so. Gotcha. Bench. Hey, everyone. I'm going to do the hosting now. <laughs> Hostile takeover. Um, okay. With the MacBook. Where are we at? You're, you're at, at F? Okay. But okay, there's still a lot of information Kamala doesn't know. Like, where is this home? I'm doing air quotes. Also, what are they? Najma explains that they're clandestines. Luma, what? <laughs> <laughs> I what I appreciate about this whole bit is that I'm sure from the second Chris saw that episode, he's been working on it. He has been working on <laughs> no. saying Illuminati for days. Ten no, minutes. No, we we discussed this when you were. No, I was like trying. To, I was saying, oh man, I'm not gonna be able to say Illuminati in this one uh, while you're in there blowing your nose. And then and then I was like, wait a minute, I know I know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> It felt like the kind of joke that you have lined up for. I mean, you did I have mean, it lined up. It's gonna be. It, it is gonna be from now on. <laughs> At least, at least through the rest of this show, I feel like I, you know, it's you, you know three three times and it's a running gag. So yeah, like surveillance. That's your tattoo, the Illumawadi. Very good. <laughs> I'll get the surveillance dork. You get the Illumawadi. Nice. What's your tattoo? Your uh, what's your AR tattoo? I'm, just, I'm gonna get um all the things you say, all the things you say running through my head, running through my head. <laughs> Why tattoo? Running through my head. Yes. You know, tattoo the people that sing that. Oh, uh, I understand what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn that. And, okay, never mind. I'm going to keep going with the episode. There are clandestines, 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 ins, eins. Chris I think, Pine, it, I think it's uh, technically Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Okay. They're Tuvalu. And <laughs> <laughs> no, they've gone by many names before. They're more commonly referred to as Jin. 
Well, that's not a word Kamala wants to hear. I just want to point out, again, in our patron-exclusive Discord, that at one point we were discussing what what might be driving Kamala's powers, and Chris said, Jin humans. We also brought it up on the episode last week. And we did bring yeah. it up last week, too, but it was because of that. Yes, it started prompt. in the Discord. And Here are jokes before we say them. And I had a terrible stork about them being related to the Eternals, which is now not correct. It's my first incorrect stork ever, for sure. <laughs> uh, but Chris was right. They're gin humans, baby. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about clandestine. Yeah. Clandestine. Do it. You won't. The clandestines. Uh, that's something from Marvel Comics I had never heard of before. And it's because they've only been in 20 comic books. Uh, and it sounds like it's the kind of thing where one writer came up with them and was like, I'm going to use these guys. They're going to be big. And they weren't big, but he kept using them. Uh, you know, sometimes a comic book character uh, creator will come up with a character that they really like to use, and um, <laughs> why? Am, why am I, I in know. trouble for that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like you know, there there are certain characters who are very closely associated with certain writers, like Jim Starlin, who created a lot of the mythology around Thanos, and you know, used him a lot. Well, Alan Davis, uh, yes, Alan Davis, uh, a British writer who's written many, many things for Marvel Comics, uh, he created a comic series called The Clandestine, or The Clandestine, but you'll see it's two words, clandestine, and it is the story of a man named uh, Adam Destine, he was originally Adam of Ravenscroft, and he lived back in, uh, that's way cooler, like, you know, medieval times. And he was born in the village of Ravenscroft in 1168, uh, or in the heart of England, and in 1168 AD, when Saxon England was ruled by Norman conquerors, uh, he, uh, he, well, he turned 16, and he was impaled on a scythe. But he recovered when he had this dream about a strange woman. And because he recovered, they re- the town people started calling him Adam of Destine because they felt that he was destined for greatness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but let's say it with a weird thing at the end. Not Destin. Let's say Destine. He was destined for greatness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe it was Adam of Destine, but it looks uh, like Destine. When they put that yeah. E at the end, you know, uh, he joined the Third Crusade. Uh, he was never once injured, and he believed that the angel he dreamt about was protecting him. Um, and you know, a bunch of stuff happened, and it tur- uh, he ends up meeting this, uh, you know, this woman from his dream. Her name was Elalith, and she was a jinn. <gasps> yeah. Uh, I believe what they're going for here, not to get too deep into mythology here, but if you've ever heard of Lilith who is, in some traditions, uh, she was actually a demon from Mesopotamian mythology. Thanks, Diablo 3. Who was also um, you know, incorporated into some um, Jewish stories as the first woman before Eve, right. uh, who was cast out and became the mother of all demons. Um, so I think Adam and Elalith, I think they're really going for Adam and Lilith kind of mm. there. Um but they got married, and they're all kind of immortal. They had several children, 
uh, who, you know, have all lived for centuries and centuries. Uh, I can read you some of their names. Uh, Walter Destine, also known as Wallop. <laughs> K. Sarah. K. Sarah. K. Sarah, yeah. Uh, also known K. as... K. Sarah. Also known as Cuckoo. Oh. Uh, Samantha Hazard, Argent. Dominic, also known as Hex. Newton. William Chance, who is also known as Cap'n Oz. And that is Cap'n like Cap'n Crunch, C-A-P apostrophe N. <laughs> Rory Destine, the Crimson Crusader. Pandora Destine, Imp. Um, Albert. <laughs> Just Albert. Hey, hey, hey. My son Theo loved Jello Pudding too. Uh, sorry. Um, Gra- Gracie Gamble, Victor Destine, Florence, and Maurice Fortuit. So there was, yeah, there was a mini series um, that Alan Davis wrote, um, and I believe he also drew it. I think he was the artist for that as well. If he wasn't for that first one, he was the artist for every subsequent appearance of the clandestine. And they ended up crossing over the X-Men at one point, and he did a couple, uh, he did a five-issue limited series in 2008, and then in 2012, he did three linked annuals, Fantastic Four annual, Daredevil annual, and Wolverine annual. Each one of them was about a different member of the Destine family meeting that superhero. So he just, like, is, like, gonna make him a thing. (laughs) But yeah, so... Extremely obscure Marvel characters now linked to Miss Marvel in the MCU. He so very, try. very interesting choice. Uh, yeah, but they're all immortals who are descended from a jinn as the matriarch of their family. So interesting. It's weird how <coughs> man, you're spreading this cough around. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's weird. The longer we go, like making these episodes, the more. I learn about, like, I don't know if I would necessarily call them failed, but you said there's only 20 issues of them, and the latest one was 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many failed, this is a Marvel superhero family, and you guys are going to like it. Well, and it's uh, not just family, but, like, there's so many failed Marvel. Like, team up things. Comics, ideas, Mm -hmm. things that were done for, like, 15, 20 issues, some even less than that, and then they were like, nah, this isn't going to work, and they would just scrap them. And it, it... constantly feels like they are pulling from some of these lesser known sources and they're getting more and more obscure as we go on and we're going to be seeing them in the comics again very soon i would wager because that feels like what always happens is that they reintroduce something in the movies and like all right let's get them in the comics i mean it worked with guardians right like that was one thing that we've talked about on every yeah guardians was a really obscure no one really cared about them in the comics (coughs) i shouldn't say nobody but yeah it was one of those like same theme things right where Mm -hmm. it was like there's some stuff about them. Some people like them, but this isn't going to work as a movie. Like, yeah. they're not popular enough. And then, okay, now they're popular enough. Mm-hmm. Give me more talking raccoon, please. Yeah, it's, I'm interested to see. It, I think the cool thing about doing that, though, is that because there's such little source material, they can do really whatever they need to with it. Like, yeah, she's from this family now. So. Whatever we say goes. Yeah, exactly. With this much information to process, there's only one person Kamala wants to talk to. Bruno. Except that the night before all she texted him was, I'm alive. 
and then went radio silent for eight hours. I mean, that's better than nothing. Also, don't forget, Bruno, she's trying to drop the name Nightlight since it sounded like she's a hero for little kids. Bruno himself has got a lot to unload, but Kamala's got even more and collapses on his couch. She tries to explain to him that she's not as guardian or alien or anything cool like that, but rather the stuff of my childhood nightmares. And since the clandestines need Kamala's help, henceforth she needs Bruno's help sorting it all out. But that's not all. Kamala also needs to know about interdimensional travel. Hey, do you know anything about math? <laughs> You're good at math, right? <laughs> uh, so does Bruno by any chance know anything about the Nord dimension off the top of his head? Or Surprisingly, Bruno might know something. Thanks, Dr. Eric Selvig's article. That's a fun little... Uh, Easter egg. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the mosque, Agent Deaver has arrived with a handful of DODC agents. Though she instructs them to fan out and search the area, Nakia stops them with a bunch of legal jargon she learned from watching Law and & Order and knows they can't comb the area without a warrant. Oh, that's all for that section. Okay. Back at home, Kamala finds herself searching through social media for Nightlight when Nakia bursts in. Kamala is just about to confess to her best friend about being Nightlight when Nakia spots the new superhero on her computer and completely unloads. Nakia is pretty upset about the DODC coming to the mosque, while Kamala is pretty upset to hear that the DODC is even looking for her in the first place. Maybe now isn't the best time to tell Nakia her secret? Also, because Nakia's got more news which is that she's the latest board member at the mosque. Yay! The nightlight confession will have to come at another time. Downstairs at the house, the... Is it Mendy? The party is the Mendy? Yes. Okay. Downstairs at the house, the Mendy party has begun. Muniba sits and talks with Auntie Sheeran when her... M- there was a Luminanti. You could, Auntie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's... Yeah, okay, never mind. When her mother, Sana, comes up. Unfortunately, Sana couldn't make the trip to the States, but Muniba tries not to let it bother her. Sana didn't go to Muniba's wedding either. Mothers and daughters, it is the eternal struggle, Auntie Sheeran remarks, turning to Kamala. You will be sure not to give your mother any trouble. Bruno, unfortunately, can't make the party, but drops a present off for Kamala. She takes it outside, but before she can open up, Tashika Abdullah joins her. Still distressed about what Nakia told her about the DODC agents showing up, Kamala asks Sheikah Abdullah if there's anything this nightlight can do to show everyone that they're a good person. Good is not a thing you are, Kamala. It is a thing you do, he tells her with a chuckle before walking away. Kamala then opens Bruno's package to find a small blue mask inside. I don't remember if this is the exact quote from the comics, but this is a... This uh, interaction is pulled from that same comic run we've talked about. Because after she's been doing Ms. Marvel stuff for a while, and she doesn't feel like she's very good at it, she goes to the mosque to visit Sheikah Abdullah in the comics and kind of asks a similar question. That's that's kind of her ethos. It's her great power. Yeah. His great responsibility line, I think. Yeah. It's kind of what, if you could sum up her character and like what, what drives her, what motivates her, I think that's a big, big part of it. I think that's why I like her so much because that's the ethos. I mean, obviously, we you just said though that ethos in general I vibe with. I like it a lot mm-hmm. for comic characters. So, yeah, big fan over here. 
As for Bruno, he's still stuck at his Circle Q shift when Yusuf comes in for his secret stash of cherry pies. Um, I just want to pause for a moment. I'm so glad we finally got Hostess Fruit Pies into a superhero property because if you are familiar <laughs> with, uh, th- with this, uh, DC and Marvel both made a lot of one-page comics of their superheroes eating Hostess Fruit Pies as advertisements for Hostess. It's very famous. Uh, the, I, the ones I'm, I can think of off the top of my head involve, like, the Joker trying to steal them and Batman having to stop. You know, he's like, the Joker's going around stealing the Hostess fruit pies from children and stuff like that. <laughs> but Marvel did a bunch and DC did a bunch. So seeing an actual Hostess fruit pie in the superhero show made me very happy. That's amazing. That's very cool. I had no idea. <laughs> um, Yusuf can't help but notice that Bruno is working, what Bruno is working on which happens to be a lot of stuff about Jin. Offering to help, Yusuf translates and reads some of it for him and explains that there's a group of Jin who were exiled from their own home and have been forced to live out the rest of their days in hours. Completely not putting Bruno at ease, Yusuf ends his translation by saying that they would need a primordial power to get home. Now Bruno must explain this for Kamala to digest. If you help them go home, some things might go boom. Back in his room, 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 this might go boom. Kamala places back, paces back and forth trying to figure out what to do, and Bruno blurts out that he got into Caltech. He thinks he needs to go, but he doesn't want to leave until he knows Kamala is going to be okay. It sounds like you're, I don't know why, but it, now it sounds like you're reading it in that. It sounds like he's okay. I can. <laughs> Kamala is quick to point out that she'll be fine. She just needs to help Najma. Carol Danvers wouldn't hesitate if she knew she could help someone. That was the end of the sentence. Nice. <laughs> I should have started one sentence earlier. Great job. Thanks. Uh, someone else who wants to help is Muniba, who knows that her daughter is going through something, but just doesn't know what. While bandaging her knee, Muniba comes in and asks what's wrong, and though Kamala doesn't confess anything, Muniba knows something is up. Whatever mountain you are facing, you don't have to do it alone. It's exactly what Kamala needed to hear right now. I'm going to put a pin in this, because later when I spoil the comic, (laughs) I'd want to remember to come back to it. So here is a metaphorical pin in this conversation with Mother. Everyone remember that. Don't let me forget. Okay. Speaking of mothers, Najma has Kamran's phone. She can see that Kamran and Kamala are messaging back and forth, and though Kamala wants to help, she can't right now. She needs more time. While Kamran is okay to give her the time she needs, Najma is not. She's done asking Kamala for help. She's going to make Kamala help them. I will say, and I know that this is a six-episode series, and it's short, and I said earlier that I personally felt like they were the bad guys. It wasn't really a surprise for me. I do think the the people in our our Discord who said that this happened really fast, I think that's fair. Yeah. Because they were just super friendly. There was no, like, it didn't seem like in the scenes that we saw there was any, like, intimidation factor. It was just her saying, I want to help, but I can't do it at this very second. And then they were like, we're going to murder her now. Yeah. Right. I, and your you whole know, family. We were just watching the uh, the episode out here right before we started. And there's a line where, um, is it Najima? That's the name of the- Najima. Yeah, yeah. She's, she looks at Kamala and Kamala's like, why can't you just trust me? And she's like, I don't trust people who betray me. 
Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. D- how? This little girl who just got these powers. Yeah. What did What did you do to betray her? Yeah. It. I agree that it did happen a little quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know maybe they. I assume they needed to do. Maybe some scenes got cut out or something. I don't know. To me, this episode, and we'll end up saying this again later. Well, I will at least. To me, this episode was very exhibitiony. Uh, Exposition. Exposition. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of. Uh... No, no, no. Cut it out. Uh, Exposition-y. <laughs> um, Jim facing so hard right and now. And maybe. And and maybe there were some scenes that happened and were cut out. I I have no idea. Like maybe there was a more steady slope to she betrayed me, and it's not there anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I agree. Like, what could she have possibly done to betray you? Hi, I'm I'm asking my really smart friend to help. Well, he maybe says, she's like projecting about her great grandmother or something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Can we? I know you put a pin in. Muniba's conversation, but I kind of yeah. want to talk about that a little bit. Do it in relation to this conversation here. Oh, okay, that uh, Najma has with Kamran. Muniba tells this story about you know th- how they struggled when they first moved to America. How she called it, not, you know, her back is against the mountain, and America was her mountain. But then she did eventually make it her home. I think there's a little bit unspoken there. If you think about it, they said they moved there when uh, Amir was in diapers. And if you do the math, that means they probably moved to America in the early 2000s when it was probably a very difficult time for, uh, you know, people, you know, Muslims uh, from the Middle East to emigrate to America. You know, they're, you know, with in the shadow of 9-11 with everything that was going on in the Middle East as a result of that and, you know, kind of public sentiment. That had to have been a very difficult time. But she talks about how she found her family and made it her home. Meanwhile, when Kamran's like, hey, Kamala needs a little extra time because this is dangerous, uh, Najima's response is that, you know, this place, this dimension, will never be our home and I need to leave right now. So even though they've lived there for. You know, God knows how long they've actually been there, but at least since the 1940s and presumably longer. And she has a family. You know, she has a son here, but she's still refusing to even try to make this dimension her home. And I think that's a very interesting contrast. And I'm also wondering, is that going to relate to, as you just said, and this is not something I thought about, how or you said projecting her feelings about Aisha on to Kamala. You know, Aisha seems to have, you know, she found a family, she created a family, and, you know, what's left of the family doesn't speak of her because they feel like she abandoned them. And I think there's going to be more to that story. But I think you're going to see two very different philosophies of Najma and Aisha. And part of that is going to be Kamala and her mother, I think, embracing you know what you know the goodness that that I am hoping Aisha had and and part of that is reflected in how Muniba and her family adapted to living in America after leaving Pakistan and I I just think it's a an interesting contrast and I hope that they they push that a little bit in the not last few episodes I'd like to see yeah how that plays out I want to know why I think we talked about this too I want to know the urgency. What is the urgency for Najma and company 
to need to get there right this very second. Yeah, they didn't even set up that, like, oh, the portal is closed, like, it's only open for 100 yeah. years, <laughs> and we're at 99 years and 11 months. Yeah, right. You know? That's convenient. Yeah, you know. It's, it's weird, like, there's, I mean, maybe it's just because they, maybe they felt, because they didn't know the location of the bangle, um... Maybe they felt like they were trapped, and now they've sensed. You know, they do that villain trope thing where the bangle emits an energy, and someone used it, and now we know that there's hope for us to get home. You know, maybe they were abandoned, like abandoned the idea that they could get home. Yeah, and now they can, and that's why they're impatient about it. But it's one of those things where you'd think, like, oh, we've waited this long, and we finally have our answer. Yeah, let's wait a little bit longer to make sure we get it right because it's yeah, Kamala's still very much like i want to help you yeah you know in spite of the dangers i want to help you and that's yeah we're now right back at the i don't get it because yeah. if it, the mom is spying najma's spying on her son's text conversations which is messed up first of all mm-hmm. but if she just read the damn thing kamala said i want to help you it's right now though like i'll get back to you yeah you know that's not saying no it's not betrayal Unfortunately, I think the answer is they only have six episodes. Yes, right. Yeah. I hope she says that, like, breaks the fourth wall. We only have three more episodes to get home. Mm -hmm. We have to do this within the next... There's no season two guaranteed. Yeah, we have to do this within the next uh, 80 TV minutes. Honestly, if I was going to bet money on a Disney Plus show getting renewed for a second season, this would be at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This is the... Yeah. Except I really, really want more. Do I want more WandaVision now? No. What would WandaVision be now? There, there, there was never a way they could do a second <laughs> season of WandaVision. I still disagree. I think they could just do like, here's some sitcom episodes we didn't show you in Westview. Okay, WandaVision season two, but instead of sitcoms, it's game shows. Ooh, put them on like, uh, let's make a deal. Put them on... Um, no, they start on the well, one of the older ones, like the uh, the ones where the couples would go on. Oh yeah, newlywed the day, game. Yeah, the newlywed, newlywed game. game. Yeah, uh, they work their way up to the match game. Yeah, and the, the panelists are all other Avengers. Yeah. yeah, it's like I mean, what if was a mostly none of these things have to do with each other, and then they did at the last second. So that's what we do. We have a second season of WandaVision with game shows and other like sitcommy things. That just happened in between the things we saw at Westview, and then it ends like, oh, yeah, you remember what happened, right? Thanos uh, <laughs> thought he'd completed the Infinity Gauntlet, but turns out he'd found the blank stone. Charles Nelson Riley, what did you write down? Why do I know that theme song? I don't know. Did you have Game Show Network? When I you were watched a kid? the shit out of Game Show Network growing that up. That is why. That was what was always Same on. Same reason I do. Yeah. That was what was always on. Yeah, Match Game. That's one of my go to. That's just such a fun. They need to make game shows like that again. See, they play Pressure Luck. The whammy takes all of Wanda's money, and then she gets mad and, like, hex spheres the mm. board. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff they could do now that we know that she's a uh, rage monster sometimes. Anyways, <laughs> I don't want to trigger Chris. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah, he's over there shaking his head. However, there's no time for that. What was that? There's no time for... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I'm going to kill you all. I'm going to kill you all, yeah. Because Amir is getting married. <laughs> it's finally wedding day, and he and Taisha tie the knot. 
All those dance lessons that Kamala and Nakia were talking about are finally paying off as the whole family and extended family has a surprise for the happy couple. A huge dance number involving everyone, even Amir, which is a surprise for Taisha. We love a flash mob. (laughs) This then leads to a slow dance, and Kamala asks Bruno if he wants to dance. Uh, Just when we think these two are going to have a moment with... With Bon Jovi playing in the background. It's Brown Jovi. Brown Jovi. That's pretty funny. Oh, no, it is Brown Jovi. That's the name of the that's band. That's the name of the cover band. That's yeah. right. That's right. Kamran rushes in to warn Kamala that his mother's coming, and she's mad. Everyone is in danger. Not knowing what else to do, Kamala sticks to the classics and pulls the fire alarm, sending everyone out of the banquet room. The banquet. Bruno's now in charge of getting everyone out, while Kamran tries to reason with his mother one last time. Kamala, meanwhile, heads through a service door and races down the back hallways, trying to avoid the clandestines. Arriving in the kitchen, Kamala gives chase, trying to avoid them, but it's no use. They're all much stronger, and all she can do is shoot out hard light to try and stop the blows. Najma then turns off all the lights, picks up a frying pan, and smack, hits it as hard as she can against the wall to reveal Kamala's location. What a cool power. (laughs) Frying pan... Uh, sonography, I don't know. Uh, she falls back into the ballroom as the four clandestines attack her from all sides using their weapons and wedding tablecloths and chairs to try to slow her down. That's when Bruno appears to try to help, but he's immediately hit with a chair and is thrown backwards. As a clandestine closes in on him, Kamala uses some more hard light to punch him square in the face and protect Bruno, if only for a second. Imbigan! Kamran arrives as backup, siding with Kamala in the fight. He tries to stop his mother and the rest of the clandestines as best he can, but he even he's not strong enough to hold them back. The fight splits into the spills into the lobby, where Kamala quickly realizes she's surrounded. Najma makes a move for the bracelet and grabs Kamala's wrist, when suddenly another vision appears. A train is barreling down the tracks at both Kamala and Na- Najma as they stand there, frozen, and it's just enough of a distraction for the DODC agents to move in. They manage to knock out all the clandestines as Kamala and Bruno hurry off to safety outside. Reaching the loading dock, Kamala turns back and sends some hard light to keep the door closed. I... The Department of Damage Control is a shitty organization. I... (laughs) Yeah. I get that you need to have, like, dumb villains to tell a good hero story sometimes, and I... They like, they're all in the middle of the room. Specifically, Kamala and Bruno are in the middle of the room when the Department of Damage Control comes in. And all Kamala had to do to get away from them is push off of Najma. And now suddenly the DOTC, DODC can't find the, her. Where did, where did the other two people in the middle go? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like, <laughs> what a bunch of goons. They really are. Um, Go back to the train appearing. Yeah. Anyone get Bioshock and Infinite vibes from that? Yeah. There's always a lighthouse. Yeah, like a a, a tear opened and a vision from another world appeared. Yo. Happened to be a train from Karachi. If they make this a Bioshock reference series, there's no way it will ever be beaten. (laughs) Uh, This is where I'll take the pin out. This is where I'm going to talk about everybody. All right. So if you don't want to hear comic booky spoilery stuff, um, take a take a small break. Come back in X amount of time, because here's 
I don't know. I'm not there yet. I, I'm not going to record this afterwards. Figure it out. Just scroll ahead. Is Peach talking? Oh, no. Better not listen anymore. Yeah, the guy who's doing all the talking yeah. in this episode, <laughs> reading the notes. Um. Okay, so this was an interesting, this fight scene was interesting to me. I'll talk about the non-spoilery things first, because maybe you guys have some stuff to say. Um, I did like their whole, there's a thing on my costume that turns into a weapon magical power. I thought that was unique. Uh, like the guy that I told you looks like Little Dicky like slapped himself in the chest and suddenly something in his jacket turned into a hammer. Yes. Uh, I like the one dude taking off his belt and now he has a yeah. whip. Yeah, yeah, that like, was pretty cool. That was all like cool use of, uh, I guess, everyday objects turning into weapons. I, I don't know what any of the clandestines' powers are. Maybe that's maybe that's it. I don't uh, think maybe so. Maybe they have magical artifact weapons or something. I think that literally the only thing they took from it so far is the name and the relation to the gym. Yeah, okay. Well, overall, I liked this fight scene. I thought it was interesting. Um, the cat and mouse part, I felt maybe we had too many scenes of, aha, I caught you. It Wait, was, you're not there. It felt a lot like they were trying to do the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park, mm. which is a dangerous thing to do because that's one of the greatest suspense sequences of all time, yeah. in my opinion. But otherwise, I liked it. Now, the thing that um, is spoilery... Um, and I guess confuses me a little bit is the second arc in the comic run. Um, the villain of that is Comron. Hey. Um, and I really thought that that's the direction that, the, I mean, it's, we're only halfway through, right? It mm -hmm. could be that he pretended to fight. Speaking of the fight. Yeah. We're halfway there. Oh shit! Oh! Laser on a prayer. Blizzard in a chair. Get it? Yeah, my my Richie Sambora impression. Um, it could be that he was pretending to be on Kamala's side, as like uh psychological warfare, right? Like. Look, I'm still on your side. I'm not obeying my mom. Yeah. Like, I'm going to help you. But he didn't really put up much of a fight because we didn't see what his powers are yet, mm -hmm. if he has any. And he was kind of taken down pretty easily by one of the other goons. Whatever. In the comic, he uh, ends up, he's like working for a bad inhuman. Mm. Like, they take over the, uh, God, what's the name of the headquarters in Jersey City that the inhumans are in? Do you Jersey? remember? Joyzy. Do you remember? Or Jersey City. Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. They have this like big tower that's in the middle of the river that they live in. Like Lockjaw and Medusa live there. Oh, okay. Kamala goes there to train. Right. I remember that. Yeah. I, remember at, that. I at, forgot that they had a thing in the river. But. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, uh, the bad inhumans take over. There's like some right. overarching story that happens in between these two halves of the comic run. And now they've taken over. And Kamran is, like, reporting to the guy that took over. So he tricks Kamala into liking him uh, and then tries to get her to be on the bad Inhumans side of the fight. And his power... Do you want me to tell you what his powers are? Sure. I mean, they changed her powers, so... Yeah, they're kind of weird. Well, here's the deal, though. Uh -huh. His powers are kind of like 
what Kamala has been doing in the show. Oh, interesting. He turns his whole body into like a blue light source. Okay. And it's like a big blue energy source. And um, it kind of looks like hard light. And I don't know if that's the power set they're deriving from. So maybe when he gets, if he gets the bracelets at some point, the bangles at some point, mm-hmm. maybe that's what he'll do. Maybe he'll be like the human torch, but with hard light. Because um, that's kind of what he, what he does. But I, that's kind of why I didn't speak up that much last episode because he was a main focus of last week. Right, right. And I was like, oh, you don't want to give anything yeah, away because twist. Th- it started very much like it starts in the comic where he <gasps> yeah. gets her to drive. You know, he takes her on a drive. She, like, starts liking him and blah, 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 blah. And they are introduced as cousins, uh, but they're not actually related. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I'm curious to see what they do with this because the clandestine arc is not in the comics right? Uh, in that run. And none of Kamran's clandestine family is in the comic either. Either like n- they're not even there under a different name. Yeah. So those characters are all completely new to me, uh, unless they're in some other Ms. Marvel run. I don't know. He seemed genuinely concerned in the scene between him and Najma as well. Yeah, I thought so. so too. I'm inclined to believe that he does want to like. I'm not saying that he won't end up doing some bad things, but I think it's going to be under duress if he does. Sure. I don't think he yeah. himself is necessarily going to be evil. I could be totally wrong. I think he will uh, eventually be like, almost not brainwashed by his mother, but been like, you need to like be loyal to your family and stuff. And he'll like fight yeah. Kamala under those pretenses. And then eventually the fight will just stop because he'd be like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. yeah. I imagine one of those things. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with him, but it's an interesting change. The other thing that you find out near the end of, the run is um, that Kamala's mother knew she was Ms. Marvel the whole time. She um, at one point, I don't know what's about to happen at the end of that run, Uh but they act like it is the end of the world. I think it's whatever. uh, What is the run where the incursion happens above New York city? Oh, that's what starts secret wars. Okay. So that's that run goes straight into Secret Wars where everyone is saying it's basically the end of the world. Say your goodbyes to everybody mm-hmm. because she meets up with Carol Danvers and she's like, go say goodbye to your family. You did the best you could. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, well, I better go tell everybody who I care about who I am. Yeah. And when she tells her mother, her mom's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like there's a you're, you're missing all the time and there's a brown girl who's fighting crime in Jersey City. Of course, yeah, I knew it was you. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of plays into the suspicion that I've had in this show so far about her mom knowing, like, the powers of the bangle because her mom was very much like, that's junk, stay away from it, we don't talk about your yeah. great-grandmother, like, everyone is a disgrace, we're going to just put that aside. And I think she knows not only because of um the obvious like yeah you're sneaking out and there's a person like i know what my daughter looks like i saw you on tiktok <laughs> yeah um but the whole bangle thing in the background i think i think she knows and she's just kind of playing it close to the chest yeah if the video is out of this girl dressed as captain marvel doing this stuff and she knows that her daughter snuck out dressed as captain marvel yeah. i don't think she's that out of touch that right. she wouldn't have figured it out by now yeah and and she's 
really trying to give her opportunities to tell her herself, Mm -hmm. you know? I think a a line that seems like a throwaway line, I don't remember the exact quote, but there's at some point um, when they are talking about, Kamala asks Sheikah Abdullah about the questioning at the mosque, and uh, Muniba says something along the lines of, like, what mother would let her daughter Mm -hmm. do this thing? And to me, that's like her saying, it's like one of those ironic things. Like, mm. I'm winking at you. What yeah. mother that would is let her daughter? Absolutely a parenting technique of like, I know, and I'm going to keep hinting that I know yeah. until you tell me yourself so I don't have to tell you, all right, you've been lying to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what's going on there. So, okay. Hey, everyone, the spoiler's over. <laughs> Not that this is going to do you any good, you know. Um, Where am I in the notes? And that's when... Nakia turns the corner and... Oh, get out of here. Not you. That's when Nakia turns the corner and sees what Kamala just did. Both stunned and shocked, Nakia wants answers, but there's no time for them. Bruno insists that Kamala must get away from here since the Department of Damage Control is looking for her. Nakia has no choice but to let her best friend go as Kamala promises to explain everything. Things go from bad to worse for Kamala as she arrives home to her family that is both worried about her and furious. Muniba immediately asks if she was the one who pulled the fire alarm, but Kamala won't answer. Kamala can't answer. All Muniba wants is the truth, but Kamala can't bring herself to say it. She heads up to her room to sulk alone. Lying in bed, her phone rings with a call from Nani in Pakistan. Kamala answers, but says she can't talk right now. Sana is insistent. Did you see it? Her grandmother asks. Kamala's confused. See what? Nani explains that Kamala and her mother must come to Pakistan now because she saw the train too. How? Dun, dun, dun. I That's the end of the synopsis notes. I'm curious how um, Kamala, who can barely get her mom to let her go to a convention, a nerd convention, is going to convince convince anyone to get her to Karachi. <laughs> the truth will set you free. Yeah. Yes. Just tell tell her the truth. Yeah. And assuming that her mother does know as much as we think she knows about her ancestry, I think she's going to be like, she'll right, understand Matt, the urgency. This is an emergency. We need to go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. What do you, you guys think of this episode? Um, What do you, what do we think going on next what do we i think, think they're gonna go here? to karachi next oh shit i hope so i hope they don't drag that out for a whole episode and to be honest i'm surprised by that i thought this was gonna take place exclusively in jersey city yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm 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 just really enjoying the show yep. i i am very excited for this character and 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 this supporting cast as well to join you know the greater marvel universe going forward and uh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm just along for the ride at this point. Same. I they're doing things that are pretty new, both from a story standpoint and then just from a style and uh, you know some of the the cultural content and everything. It's you know it's it's been pretty unique and it's it's a fun show. It, you know, it's just fun, and I'm really enjoying that. I want to know what this mystery train thing is. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. And it's the Hogwarts Express. Oh shit! Back to the clandestine land. They're gonna <laughs> platform eighteen and twenty three twenty fourths. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what a precision. 
don't get that don't get that one twenty fourth of a inch foot whatever yeah, off. If you end up at nineteen, you no 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 they're they're on the yeah. metric system. Oh sorry, meter millimeter <laughs> metric. Those are two very different sizes. One metric, <laughs> one metric. Okay, cool. Well, what are you guys gonna rate this episode of Miss Marvel? Who's going first with this one? Oh, it's me. Hey, what am I gonna rate this episode? <laughs> Miss Marvel. Uh, I gave it seven and a half gin humans out of 10. For me, I, l- listen, I liked this episode. I like this series. I am excited about it. Um, but y- there was just a lot of story in this, uh, a lot of exposition. And I don't need it to be fully action. I had a good time watching it, but it was it's just a lot of talking. Um, and that's weird to say when you host a podcast. There was just too much talking for me. What did we do the whole time here? We talked <laughs> the whole time. Eduardo, what are you rating it? I'm going to give it eight exhibitions out of ten. <laughs> and the, <laughs> uh, the reason I'm giving it an eight and not a nine like I have been is because I think it rushed the episode. The episode felt a little rushed. They moved through story beats really quickly in this episode. I don't mind the lack of action, but I do think that um, there's a, there's just a little too much movement going on story-wise. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, I'm going to give it eight Bon Jovi cover bands out of ten. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, Whoa. Pretty interesting. I, I enjoyed that we finally got her first you know, big superhero confrontation. That was, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, I do think that there are aspects of it that were rushed, and and that's what brings it down a little bit for me. But still, still really enjoying the show so far. Yeah, I wonder if we will end up finding out there was some cut content, or if it it just was, you know, a snap of the finger. You mm-hmm. betrayed me. Maybe they drew at that moment. They drew an omen card, and when they rolled, they didn't roll equal to or greater than the amount of omen cards, and that's when the betrayal started. What a deep cut. <laughs> Recommendation jingle. Yeah. Hey, uh, what do you guys recommend for our listeners that they can take through their next week until the next episode? Is there anyone that wants to start here? I'll I'll do a little plug, I guess. Plug it, baby. I'll plug recommendation. Uh, later do we have to do a plug song if you say the word plugs? No, no. There's no plug song. There's no plug bag. We'll be opening or closing. <laughs> okay. You know, that, that, there's a lot that can go wrong There's another that. deep cut. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, later today, actually, uh, the lady sound, Angela and I, uh, will be visiting friend of the show, Arnaldo, uh, to record an episode of his Patreon-exclusive uh, podcast, Where's Mephisto?, where we will be talking about the series finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if that's cool. something you want to check out, uh, that should be probably released in the next week or so. Uh, like I said, that is one of his, that is one of his Patreon uh, bonuses. So um, if, if you've ever checked out his show, Films from the Phantom Zone, which uh, you know we've talked about before, which I've appeared on a couple times, um, Where's Mephisto is kind of where he talks about other things that aren't necessarily superhero movies, and we try to figure out where Mephisto is in relation to it. Smart. Will uh, you give us a spoiler for where you think Mephisto is in Obi Wan finale? I will not because this is probably going to end up released before. Uh, oh, you that right. Episode, so I don't want to. Okay, don't wanna, that's fair. You know, tell us after. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that you can, if you want to check that out, um, it's, uh, you know, visit our, if you only subscribe to one podcast related Patreon, subscribe to Simply Required. But if you do two, <laughs> check out Films from the Phantom Zone at uh, patreon.com slash films from PZ. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go next. I'm going to recommend season three of Umbrella Academy. Okay. Uh, very, very good show. If you haven't seen it, it's sort of a superhero show um, in the vein of like, I'm not going to say the boys. It's not like the boys at all. It is a superhero show about people who don't want to be superheroes. Um. It's really interesting. There's a lot. There's a ton of mystery. There's a, a like a a caretaker chimpanzee that has a British accent. That's really cool. I'm in. Uh, it's just a fun show, Chris. You would love it. Have you not Academy. watched any of it? I haven't. Oh, no. it's good. I've heard. I've heard it's really good. You would love it. You would love it. The season is I, that I the one Elliot Page is on. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And so in this season, in season three, they actually handle Elliot Page's transition in the show. Oh, cool. And it's really interesting. That's they great. do it really tastefully. It's very very well done. Yeah. Sweet. So highly recommend season three of Umbrella Academy. I crazily enough, I have seen one and two. So I think that that show gets better. I thought yeah. season one was good, and I thought season two was great. Yeah, okay. I agree. And season three is better. Ooh, I think. Uh, what do I recommend? Well, I clearly recommend the board game Betrayal at House on the Hill, uh, as I made a reference to that. Nice. I also, uh, I'll, I'll keep this one short. I recommend voting. I recommend registering one. to vote and doing your part in your government, both at a local and countrywide level, to participate in the decisions that elected officials are making in this country um, by con- by contributing your thoughts via vote and maybe other methods. Solid recommendation. If you so well, choose. Well, and I, I, I'm not going to speak for both of you, but I'm going to speak for both of you now. Yeah. I don't mind taking a more pointed approach or a pointed position yeah uh i want it to be known that assembly required uh supports a woman's right to choose and if you don't agree with that i don't mind uh you not listening to this podcast we might not be the group for you right i Uh, think we've made it pretty clear where we kind of are on the political spectrum absolutely absolutely course of this series sure but we don't talk about politics a lot but you know we all feel you know we all follow things closer we we feel strongly about a lot of these issues and um you know we want to give our support to all of you who are scared or hurt right now um you know that's please vote yeah please vote protest and and uh, and always remember keep in mind that we know these issues you know you might think it's about one thing but it uh, it always goes so much farther than than you might think you might think that it's just about abortion but then it becomes about you know the greater right to privacy in general which i know is uh very important to uh certain friends of the show (laughs) um uh who may or may not specialize in that in their careers uh the right to privacy um just general health care even beyond you know abortion general reproductive health in general you know it things you know i i highly recommend that you do some research uh maybe find you know, if something's bothering you, find some organizations that if if you can, you can try to support financially or through volunteering uh, to try to, you know, help people who are hurting or who might need the extra help themselves. And if you and if that's not something that you're able to do, you know, uh, you know, no pressure in either either way. But, you know, consider maybe donating to to a cause that supports 
the women's right to choose and the things that that entails. There's plenty of resources out there to figure out what those organizations are. Um, mm-hmm. I know I've been looking at a couple. We have a lot of friends who have already donated. I'm probably going to pull a couple of them and see what they think the, the best choices are. And you don't need to, you don't need to like brag about your donation. We're not sell- telling you to do that. But, yeah. you know, if you, if you donate, that's cool. But be present in, in this society if you can. It's important. Mm. Okay, that's a weird way. That's a that's a tough transition to end on, but that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode of Assembly Required. Uh, thanks again for listening to us. If you want to, you can join us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/AssemblyRequired. Gets you into the patron exclusive Discord, where you'll get to hear all of our thoughts about the episodes and other shows and other things. Uh, you know, before all these episodes come out, feel free to join us there. Uh, you can find some of us on social media platforms. You can email the show at assemblyrequiredcast at gmail.com. Uh, Eduardo is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ABCD Eduardo1. Uh, you can follow him for basketball takes. That's true. That's all I use it for. Uh, by the way, <laughs> second recommendation. I recommend everybody watch the Orlando Magic this season because we have the number one pick and we picked Paolo Bancaro from Duke University. 6'10", 250 pounds, score at all three levels, passer, facilitator. He's going to be be incredible. I'm happy you're happy. I am. You're wearing a Magic hoodie right now. I know, but I'm a fake fan. I just went to one Chris, where's your Magic game? Your Magic hoodie? Your Magic shirt? Oh, yeah, you're wearing a Magic shirt. And a hat. Oh, shit. I'm wearing a T-Fury Guardians of the Galaxy Disneyland shirt. (laughs) I do like that shirt. (laughs) So... Special thanks to our Avengers level patrons, by the way. I forgot to tack that on at the end of the Patreon uh, plug. Brian Riley, Adrian Michael, Avenger level patrons. Y'all rock. Thank you so much for the support. Um, also, jumping back to the place I was, Robbie's. You guys remember Robbie? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's, on, Robbie's on Twitter too, PhilKid3. So you can contact uh, two of us yeah. if you want and to. On for Twitter. the Robbie stands out there, I know that there are dozens of you. Uh, <laughs> Baker's dozens. They come in thirteens. Yeah, uh, we'll get, we're gonna get them back on as yeah. soon as our schedules get a little bit clearer. Um, so we'll uh, hopefully pretty soon. His days off are changing, so we'll be able to sneak him in a few more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to say uh, Eduardo's line since he goes first. So Eduardo, tell everyone goodbye. We love you three thousand. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bubbly, bubbly. get quieter with that every time because i feel like it's not my i know it's like you're almost trying to how dare i stand where he stood (laughs) you guys think we had too much expositions today uh i'm taking off my pants right now